You're listening to the Digital Introverts Podcast, a show where introverts share their success and failure stories and discuss how they thrive in the digital age. I'm your host, Godwin Chan. Let's begin. Episode 11 of the Digital Introverts Podcast features Carol Chapman. She runs a digital site called Hearts Rise Up, which offers guided meditations and online programs, including coaching for radical life transformation. She's also a consciousness catalyst, author, writer, and host of the Hearts Rise Up podcast. An endless seeker of truth and inner wisdom, Carol helps others rise up to their best and highest self to create the life they want by cultivating new ways of thinking, feeling, seeing, and being. She is a certified coach and trainer in emotional intelligence and is currently pursuing certifications in hypnosis and NLP, or neuro-linguistic programming. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Hello, and welcome to the Digital Introverts Podcast. I am your host, Godwin Chan, and today we have a special guest, Carol Chapman, uh, on the show. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Godwin. It's such a pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. No worries. So, of course, for us, we uh, discussed the topic about introversion and digital introversion in particular for you know a while now, you know, outside of this recording, also for for your podcast episode as well. And um, so, yeah, you know, my kind of initial uh, question for you and and to all the listeners out there, right? Really, you know, it's the same. For, it's the same first question that I ask every single guest, and it is, you know, what does it mean to be sort of a digital introvert or an introvert in the digital age, the here and the now? I think that's a great question. And I think for for me as a, not only an introvert, but a sensitive one at that, um, there's a lot of pluses and minuses to uh, being an introvert in, in a digital age. And, you know, and I say that because the pluses are that you have lots of choices, you know, um, lots of choices with um, all the, the, the digital stuff that is, that's available to us out there. And we have choices as to when we can use it and when we can shut it off. And, and that's kind of the beauty of, of uh, being in a digital age is that we have the accessibility and to to all of it, but we also have choices, and it's a personal choice. And but oftentimes, many many people today, because it's such a fast paced world, and being digitized means everything is you know operating at hyper speed. Everyone wants to keep up. You think you're going to miss something, and and that's where the minus is from my perspective, is because sometimes uh, we can get so over overwhelmed with being in a digital environment that we forget uh, about the human element of, of things and our own personal needs because we're trying to keep up with uh, so much that's, that's happening. And, and it can be very overwhelming if we allow it to overwhelm us. So I think that there are both pluses and minuses. And again, for me, it's a personal choice. I have to consciously think about when I turn my phone on and when I check for notifications, um, when I get on social media, how long I might stay on, a, you know, uh, on the internet to do a search and then all these uh, notifications and things pop up. So I don't know whether I've answered your question uh, very well, um, but that's what it means 
to me to be in an introvert in a digital age. And I have to, being a highly sensitive one too, it's easy to be overwhelmed and to be bombarded and you need to protect yourself a little bit. And it's a conscious choice of just making sure that you take the, the self-care to not just get so absorbed and sucked into it that it just takes the life out of you. You know, and that to me is a very great nuanced answer because like anything, um, in life, of course, there are pros and cons to everything. And if you even think that there's one thing that has all pros and, and no cons, there are definitely cons somewhere that you, you know, you're lo- not looking. And what is what's interesting is that not, you know, not everyone may actually know the exact difference between introversion and highly sensitive person or HSP for short. So I was wondering if you can, you know, delve a little bit deeper into that and you know are, are these mutually exclusive or you know can you be one or the other or both um how does that look like i th- well i think that's another good question um because the difference between introversion and extroversion just to really kind of simplify it is that you know extroverts tend, tend to get their energy by engaging and interacting uh with others and the more they engage and interact with others the more ener- energy they get from that and introverts um on the other hand um they can they can and in in, in an externally driven world introverts just have to be able to operate um, in that environment. But the difference with introverts is they need downtime. They need time to recharge. The the extern the effort that goes in and the energy that goes into engaging in the external world, engaging in conversation, engaging with others takes takes a, takes its toll on introverts. So introverts need, at least from my perspective, more quiet time, uh, more time for reflection, and that's what helps them recharge their batteries, so to speak. And being a highly and that's that's another good question that you that you pointed out was the are all and I, I don't know what I'm reading into it but are do t- introverts tend to be more highly sensitive I'm not really sure of the answer to that I guess my gut says yes because of the fact that we need more downtime and we can if we don't get that that downtime the effect can take its toll on us in a variety of different ways emotionally you know mentally physically but there are certain you know there's been been some research out there around highly sensitive people and there's a number of assessment tools out there and I I've gone through some of those assessments and I am definitely a highly sensitive person. And some of the things that I'm not all highly sensitives have all the same exact uh, sensitivity traits. It just really depends on the individual. Um, but for me, what I tend to be highly sensitive to is other people's pain. And when, when I see others that are, that are feeling the pain or, you know, in an emotional situation, I definitely can empathize with them. I, I, I feel their pain. Um, I'm also very highly sensitive to light. And that's another sensitivity trait, loud noises, loud music, (laughs) Um, being in large crowds, even, you know, not so large crowds can be too much for me. And so there's a, there's several other things that, that I can't think of them, you know, right off the top of my head, but those are the, the sensitivity traits that tend to affect me the most. And I think that introverts 
can have more of the those traits just simply because if they're on overload and they don't get enough of the downtime to recharge their batteries things can go a little haywire within their whole body wow okay now that that is really interesting because for myself while i of course consider myself as an introvert now hearing you know what what highly sensitive people go through in, in terms of there are many different things that you can be highly sensitive to. I think I'm the complete opposite though. <laughs> in the sense that, and I'll tell you a funny story. So back in my undergraduate days, so this was my first year of college or university here in Canada. So I used to uh, I used to live with a roommate on campus, actually. You know, it was our, our dorm room. And so he studied engineering. I did life sciences. And so <laughs> what would happen is that, you know, he... It was very nocturnal, let's just put it that way, in the sense that he would, um, you know, stay up late and, and, you know, do his thing, whether that's studying or moving off or, or whatever it may be. And it's just because our, our room is very shared room, it's just one room, right, with no, like, no barriers or, or, or anything. And he would like to play music uh, when he wanted to concentrate or go to sleep or whatever, and he would have this uh, <laughs> speaker just uh, blast up music any, any, any part of the day, especially at night. <laughs> And, and for me, it's just, you know, as someone who didn't really care all that too much, probably because I wasn't, you know, too sensitive to loud music or whatever, I just got attenuated to that stimulus. Interesting. In, 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 in the sense that now, you know, especially now, and, and you know, even before that, I, uh, I used to be a Boy Scout also. So there's, you know, the fact that, you know, I can sleep anywhere. And then also I can sleep in all different types of situations. Even, <laughs> even if there is a tornado outside, I can probably still sleep through that. So that is my, uh, <laughs> that's a little anecdote in, in terms of, you know, how you can be an introvert, but probably not highly sensitive either. So. Well, it is, it is quite interesting because um, just even having the TV on can drive me nuts. Just that background noise oh the sad, or right. oh yes yes and and i remember uh, I'm, and i'm here's another trait that highly sensitive ha- um have they can they can be a little bit more self-conscious and and maybe not have as high self-esteem and particularly in my earlier years I struggled with that, but I struggled with it for a variety of reasons. Just some things that had happened in my childhood. You know, we all have, we all have our childhood traumas and those childhood traumas can influence us in different ways. And, 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 and they, we can carry them with us for a long time until we, you know, face them and we start to realize that this is not serving us by thinking in, in these negative ways. And, um, and so you'll find that highly sensitives can have a tendency or can be, many of them can be very self-conscious and have low self-esteem or, sh- or even be somewhat shy or um, not wanting to really express or voice their opinions. But I wouldn't say I've, I've, I've never really been shy about uh, voicing my opinion, mainly because I, I like to listen to other people um, because I think it's important. And I think that's one of the things that introverts tend to be, based on my experience, very good at is listening because they don't necessarily, they, they don't need to expend that energy to engage. They, they tend to want to take information in and digest it. And, and so for me, I, I do that a lot. So I tend to be a, a very good uh, listener um, because of that trait in me. 
Right, and I think that vast majority of introverts would rather listen than than speak a lot of the time. Right, and it's just I guess to us that's our our way of participating in a group conversation or a meeting or what have you. Right, is is by doing that active listening. Mm-hmm. Right, and being able to uh, absorb information and synthesize it right in our mind without necessarily having to state our view of it or to you know do anything that requires us to talk more than two minutes exactly but, um, <laughs> exactly and then actually helps to validate the other person that is doing the talking and that's the and i think in, in many ways that's that's important so it helps the introvert to be more of who they are and not have to be something different than they are right for sure and then you know i've heard of instances where um there are individuals who basically have you know one individual who's an introvert and the other uh, can be either right and so and what happened is that you know the the other person doesn't matter if they're introvert or extrovert they would walk away feeling or you know explicitly stating that that was one of the best conversations they ever had but the thing is that you know that individual actually talked most of the time and the and the introvert was actually just listening right? A lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that mainly is that, you know, it kind of, you know, for the individual who's doing most of the talking, they felt they were heard, right? You know, even though, even, even though the introvert didn't speak a whole lot or, you know, divulge a lot of information about themselves or, or their views of the situation or whatever, the fact that, you know, they were able to provide a, you know, listening ear just really helped individuals sometimes just vent really. Mm-hmm. Right, about their situation or things like that so it's good i think you know active listening is uh is a good trait for for everyone really you know mm-hmm. uh, not just not just introverts yeah it's something that you know we definitely need to practice a lot more of especially in our in our uh you know distracted lives you know especially um because you know i have the bad habit sometimes of you know of, of listening to someone but also um using my phone at the same time although although i'm pretty I would like to say that I'm pretty good at, at listening to someone while while doing that, you know, especially especially during um, kind of longer form presentations that are over like 15 minutes long or, or things like that. Although I would like to say I'm good at that, truth of the matter is that you're still multitasking and you're still taking, you know, some brain power away from active listening into whatever Absolutely. you're doing. Right, so. And and plus, it's um, just the subliminal effect that it has on the other person when someone is multitasking. You feel like they're not really being fully present, even though the person who's who's doing the multitasking, you know, feels like they are. It's 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 really a matter of well, how does it really come across to to the other person? And those are the and uh, and when I started realizing myself that uh, the research, um, you know, showed that no one really truly can multitask um, because you're not nearly as productive when you're dividing your attention. And there's research behind that. And when I realized that more and more, I thought to myself, and and as I got more and more into some of the things I'm into right now, just uh, focusing on raising my consciousness and my, just my overall state of being and, and practicing mindfulness and meditation, that it has helped me to hone my abilities to be more present, to be more present in the moment. And, and so I, 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 I get to a point where even when I'm in the car, I don't really like talking on the phone. I like to be able to focus on just driving and where I'm going. Um, because I find that when I get distracted with something else, you know, I, I don't drive as well. And, and I, I find that even you know when I'm having conversations with people that I really like to, even when I have a conversation with somebody, I, I would rather pull over, 
in the car and park somewhere and actually have the conversation so I can give them my full attention. And I, you know, I don't know whether that is necessarily a trait of an introvert, but I think it's how I have just evolved over time with some of the things that I'm into to, to be more effective in being in the moment and, and, and truly being present and practicing, uh, practicing those, um, those active listening skills, particularly when I am trying to keep my attention on someone who's trying to share something with me. Right. And you have a good point there because uh, I do the same thing too. So I never, I never take phone calls while I'm driving. Uh, just because I need to concentrate on actually driving, right? And getting getting from point A to point B safely, right? So what's interesting though, on the other hand, is that I often listen to, you know, either music or podcasts in the car, actually. Mm. Now, is there a specific difference, right? Between someone calling me and we're having a conversation while driving or listening to music or, or podcast mm. in the car? So of course, the phone call is more active thing where it requires your participation right in the communication exchange right it's a two-way street whereas music and podcasts are one way right and so you're just more passively consuming that uh, type of content and so for me uh, it's always been interesting so of course i enjoy listening to music and podcasts while driving actually it helps break the monotony i guess of, you know of the drive you know and i might pick up you know a thing or two right? Especially from, from podcasts. So absolutely, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I'm this way, it, may not be the same for other people, but. Uh. Well, I find, um, I mean, it's something else and you know, I can, I can talk and drive at the same time, but I prefer to pull over. And I will say even more so uh, when I'm headed somewhere and like maybe going into the grocery store or, you know, running an errand or something, I would prefer to stay in my car rather than continue the conversation and go in and then, and then just be exposed to all I, that could be the sensitivity in me, the high sensitivity, because if I'm going into a store or an area where there's a lot of people and I'm trying to have a conversation, it's very, very distracting to me when there's a lot going on around me. And, and so those are the times that I definitely will for sure just, you know, stay in my car, pull over <laughs> and, and focus on the, on the conversation. But it is, it's, 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 it's quite interesting how the introverts can really have really good active listening skills. Um, whereas I think extroverts, it's not that they're, they're not good at it, but I think that it's not their natural preference or tendency. Let's put it that way. They like to, to express themselves and, um, ha- you know, engage in a lot of activity mm-hmm. and, and, you know we want to stress that there's nothing wrong with that right? that's right it's just a preference it's just a difference in preference right that, that's absolutely all. absolutely and uh, and there are pluses and minuses to um all of these different qualities right <laughs> oh yes you, you know there are <laughs> a lot of things that you know are are, are pretty uh, minus for introverts also right so again like i said earlier right everything has its pros and cons yes it does yeah and and going back to the uh you know t- take or taking the phone call before going into the grocery store um i've i've taken phone calls in every single place imaginable so i you know of course i've, I've done a lot of uh, phone calls in the car obviously i've taken phone calls in the starbucks before i've taken phone calls 
in the middle of a mall. <laughs> um, and it's just in some very public places. Let's just leave at that, right? And even yeah, right on uh, you know on on one random street in uh, in, in downtown Toronto. But anyways, you know, reason being, and, and it's incredibly distracting because again, there is a lot of background noise, right? That that that's one thing. And so what you have to do usually is when you're not speaking, you usually have to mute yourself as to not mm. kind of crowd out the um, background noise to the other person. And it's just, it's not very effective, right? And, and even and even if you're in a Starbucks, of course, there's a lot of people and it's an enclosed space. There's there's chatter, there's baristas blending coffees and, and drinks, there's music. And so, you know, I, you know, I, I try not to take calls in, in Starbucks now, so... Yeah, it can be very distracting. And I, you know, I find that it can, uh, when you've got so much different kind of activity around you, and it's, it, it, there, there, it's, it's a form of sound that it, uh, for me, it can tr- trigger uh, the sensitivity in me. Um, I, I remember a couple months ago going into a guitar center. I don't know that I've ever been in one. That was maybe my, my first venture into one. And as soon as I got in there, I mean, it was, I mean, all the music, there was so much activity. It was like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to get out of here. <laughs> I mean, this is <laughs> this is just grating on my nerves. I can't handle this. This is just too much for me. <laughs> and then, and I look around, I see all these people that are, you know, in, engaged in all this activity. And it's like, how how are you guys doing it? Isn't this driving you nuts? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> <laughs> it was all I could do to get myself out of there as quickly as possible um, and get what I needed. It was so funny. Right. Uh, and, uh, that's very fair. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the express purpose of, you know, of, of the guitar store really is to, for people to try out these instruments. Right? So, <laughs> know. So, you can't really help it. Right? So. No. no, you can't. Uh, but it was, uh, it, it was just a, a really interesting experience for me uh, because I do take uh, great care to protect myself, you know, protect my sensitivity. <laughs> so, so I'm not bombarded with too much that is going to get me, set me off balance, basically. And oftentimes I'll, if I, if I am around a lot of, uh, if I have a really active day and I've been around a lot of people or a lot of energy, I have to find some, some quiet downtime, uh, whether it's um, meditating, listening to some soft music, reading, and just being by myself. Don't come around me. Don't, don't, don't talk to me. Just give me a little time to get my, my whole uh, mind and body back into a, a state of homeostasis. Right. That, that was what I was going to say. Also, I was going to you know, also, also uh, talk about homeostasis, but that, that's essentially what it is, right? Because your, you know, your body has a certain core balance that it might, likes to maintain, right? Of course, you know, body temperature of 37 degrees Celsius. I don't, I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. So don't ask me. Um, <laughs> well, you know, recently they've just done, uh, finished some research of 20 years of research of monitoring people's um, body temperature. Mm-hmm. And it's actually about almost a degree less than the 98 point okay 98.6 now i remember yeah it's like 97 something now um i just i heard that bit of research isn't that interesting (laughs) that's interesting but (laughs) (laughs) in any case um yeah there are other you know kind of factors right um where 
your, your, you know, your body wants to, you know, keep things a certain way. And if something's out of balance, like being in a very noisy environment, then, you know, you need to, you know, do some self-care, right. In, in order to bring it back, right. To, uh, to a level of, uh, of homeostasis or balance right absolutely and i and i think that's a good point that you make uh is the self-care because self-care can uh really take um different forms and mean different things for i mean it's about taking care of yourself and doing what you need for yourself to uh, make sure that you you stay in balance but how you get there really varies um, according to the person, um, you know, some people, they, they, they love to be out in nature. Um, that just calms them down. Others, it's, it's, you know, taking, you know, taking a run or going to the gym or getting some exercise or having a cup of tea can be a, a way of just, you know, nurturing yourself and giving you some downtime or doing something that you love to do and making sure you carve out the time for that. So self-care can, can really take, uh, different forms right and 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 really it's uh it is a journey of self-discovery right journey of self-discovery mm-hmm. in terms of what works best for you right let's mm-hmm. you know, for example you know a lot of people are very adamant on the you know early morning routine like you know as in like you know i have to wake up at 5 a.m then I, I have to meditate then go for a run or go to the gym then has to be drink two cups of hot hot tea or lemon lemon tea or whatever then I have to read for 20 minutes, then I have to journal for 10 minutes, et cetera, et cetera. You know, people with very robust kind of morning routines that, right, that, that they go through every day like a ritual. And then mm-hmm. there's some people who are, are like, why can't I just wake up at like seven <laughs> and not and skip a lot of that stuff, right? So it, it, it varies from person to person, right? And you don't have to go on that very regimented, you know, morning routine kind of thing. But it's just what works best for you. Some people like to go to the sauna, right? And some people like to take a spa day. Like it, it, it just depends right on on the individual um, exactly and i think in this um this digital age that we're that we're in it just i think it makes it it just makes it that much more important for each of us to find our own rhythm that's going to work for us and i mean i will say for me uh, i mean i like having a routine in the morning uh, but on the other hand i like to switch it up um, I don't do this, the same thing because I get bored. And that's an, another thing about, about me. I like more spontaneity and I like to, I don't rather versus plan things. So I don't like a whole lot of structure. The, you know, the one thing that is constant in my routine is meditation because I find that that's just, that's what helps me maintain my sanity really. And also helps me stay in tune with myself and what's, what's important to me and what my body and heart um, are saying to me. Um, but then there are times where I'll do more journaling. Um, there are times where I'll, I'll do yoga because I, I feel like I need the, the yoga, which is a sort of a different outlet for getting the, the, the mind and the body in balance. And also just taking my phone and just not going, that's not the first thing that I go to in the morning is the phone or the, the, the laptop. You know, I, I take, I may uh, open a book and, and read a, a chapter or two. And so it's, you know, it's, it's, it's just not jumping right in. And I think that that's what for me is important is just to not just dive right into the day. I would prefer to ease myself into the day. And, and I do, I do prefer to, to, it's interesting. I, I do like my sleep, but I find that if I, if I wake up earlier, I get a better start to my day because I can 
do some things that sort of set my, help me set the intention for the day and to prepare my, my mind, my body, and getting my heart kind of sort of in alignment around what I need to do for the day, if that, if I'm making sense. Right. No, and, and it makes sense in, in terms of, you know, you like to switch it up sometimes, right? In terms mm-hmm. of, you know, not having the same old, it's like, you know, I, I take this analogy. It's like, you know, you kind of, uh, meal prep for an entire week and all you have every single day is chicken or broccoli it's <laughs> like what well you know what where's the variety here right like, <laughs> every day for the same thing you know for lunch it's chicken and broccoli yeah. and that's boring right so and i guess i will freely admit that you know i'm, I'm that type of person who actually you know tradition has never had a real you know morning routine or anything it's just i just i wake up and that's the start of my day right but definitely more recently i've been trying to develop those you know habits in, in terms of right easing myself more into you know into the day so you know trying to you know wake up a little bit earlier and oh yes and also i i i'm trying to get back into meditation mm-hmm. <laughs> as for our conversation uh, last time and um is interesting. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's still kind of hard, but at, at, at the same time, I feel quite calm afterwards, right? In, in terms of it doesn't even have to take that long. It's like, you know, even five to 10 minutes, but mm-hmm. it helps you get into, it's very calming kind of mindset before, you know, kind of deal with a lot of the storms that may come right, throughout the day, right? Storms, you know, storms of thoughts and, and, and things like that. So that's one, one thing that I'm trying to, you know, do more of, you know, especially in the morning. And then the second thing, definitely going on a run uh, mm-hmm. in the morning, you know, just trying to find that consistency. And third is, you know, setting some time to read something. And honestly, it doesn't even have to be in the morning. I can read before bed also, right? So that's the, uh, so that's the third thing. So I'm, those are the three things I'm, I'm working on kind of incorporating um, into my quote unquote routine, if you will. But, you know, like I said, it's uh, habits don't form overnight, right? And it's just, and it's just no. playing the long game and, and consistent, consistency that's, uh, that's most important. Well, and it's really also um, a matter of your commitment and your intent. And I think if anyone wants to create a foundation to elevate their state of being and uh, have a little bit more uh, control, uh, feel like you're in control of your day, meditation will certainly help because it just, you know, it quiets the mind and it centers and focuses you. And there's so much research around meditation and just the benefits, benefits emotionally, physically, and um, spiritually. And of course, mentally, um, meditation is is great mental practice um, helps to enhance mental fitness and then the you know, thing you were talking about exercise exercise is so important you know i go to the gym you know every week several times a week and movement but you don't have to go to the gym i mean movement is could be anything that that you know whether it's tai chi or yoga or just taking a walk just moving the body and then looking at what's going to keep us also in balance is looking at the type of foods that we eat what we take in you know eating more superfoods and less foods that raise our vibration and then and our energy level and then and then of course it's all about really managing ourselves in this digital age and all the environmental stuff that's out there that we're impacted, whether it's the media, you know, watching TV, you know, having our laptops or cell phone and just managing through that and having some downtime, getting time away 
from uh, all the environmental things that can wreak havoc on us. And, and because, you know, uh, you know, I mean, you can get sucked into social media and before you know it, you know, you've spent an hour. And, and what have you been doing, you know, just yeah. on social media? So, you know, these companies have designed it this way. That's, that's, <laughs> they have. that's, the, whole, that's the whole philosophy of, you know, especially social media companies and, and getting users hooked. That's the term that a lot of people use, right? In terms of they're really masters of our attention, right? A lot of the time. And of course, you know, <laughs> at, least, at least as far as I'm concerned, the most notorious of them all is YouTube, actually. Yes. Me. Um, yes. because there, there's a never ending list of things that you can learn oh, there is. And, like, and watch. Right. There is. And that's, you know, that's why it's, it's best to find a few things that you really like and focus on those because otherwise you can just get totally Sucking distracted. Absolutely. And you know, we all have, um, the same 24 hours in a day. So it's, you know, how we, what, how we choose to manage our day can make all the difference in how uh, we manage through the day, how we feel at the end of the day, how much stress we have, how much clarity we have around what we're, what we're doing and, and how we're doing it. That's what's really important is knowing that we have a choice. We all have the same 24 hours in a day. Start making good choices. And I learned that several years ago. Is that, and, and, and I know it's not easy. It isn't. With people who have families and they've got lots of activity. But really, at the end of the day, you're not doing yourself any good if you're run down and not taking the time for you. And certainly as introverts, introverts know that they need to do that. Uh, but oftentimes... It's, it's not that easy because it's such an extroverted, externally driven uh, world. And I would be curious to know, I don't really know what the research is, um, if there are more extroverts than there are introverts in the world or, or, or what. Do you have any research uh, on that? <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I, I'm recalling from memory here, but, uh, you know, I believe, you know, from, from Susan's King, Susan King's book, Quiet, right, that uh, she have mentioned that about a third to a half of um, all people, I forget whether it was the U.S. or the entire world, you know, are, uh, you know, self-identify as, as introverts. So it is a sizable proportion, mm. right? And so I, I believe it's more li likely that it's the U.S., right? Um, mm -hmm. You know, as, as a, you know, more extroverted kind of nation, right? Whereas you may see this proportion kind of more skewed toward, you know, in favor of introversion in, you know, some other uh, societies, right, around the world. So exactly, yeah. It's, yeah, it's not, you know, we're not a small group or a minority group of, of individuals. There are a lot of us out here, right? So That's true. And I, yeah, I would agree that probably culturally, you might find more Asian uh, societies where there might be more introverts versus Western society. I don't know, but I have not read Susan Cain's book. I'm, I'm familiar with it. I do need to get a copy of it because I've been meaning to read it. it yeah, it, it, it's good. It's the book that was the actually the impetus for for me to write my own. Um, wow. Yeah, because I read it I read it about a few years ago when I was still in school and mm -hmm. you know and and really opened my opened my eyes at that time to you know really point out and say, "Oh, this is so this is who I am, right? In, in terms of this is why I am the way I am and mm -hmm. you know there's nothing wrong with me, right? In that regard." And so yeah, no, I I still have my copy here. Um I read it I read it a second time. Uh, just recently, right? Just a clean inspiration, right? In terms of my own book, yeah, it, it's still you know same similar principles still apply even you know uh, you know about seven 
seven, eight years uh, after initial publishing. So it's good. I, I highly recommend it. Well, I'll have to pick up a copy. I, you know, I've done a lot of assessments in the past. Of course, I'm very familiar with Myers-Briggs um, and my own uh, INFP, which has not changed. <laughs> I'm still an <laughs> INFP, and I, and I know it oh so well. And that, but you know what? I'm, I'm sort of proud of it. <laughs> I'm sort of proud of it. No, and you have every right to be because that's who you are. Right? Yeah, 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 exactly. I'm accepting me as, as I am. And of course, you know, each INFP is unique in and of themselves. We've all got a little bit more and a little bit less of, you know, each of these, um, these tendencies within the Myers-Briggs uh, 16 uh, personality types, basically, and within the same personality type. <laughs> Right. I'm, I'm sure there are, you know, differences from person to person. Right? Mm, mm-hmm, definitely. I don't know. For me, yeah, Myers-Briggs is, is interesting. Like, you know, I, I, I think I've already mentioned this to you before, but I recently took it and I got ESTJ. So I'm not sure <laughs> because all my life I've been, I've uh, self-identified as, you know, an introvert in, in every sense of the word. Of course, there, again, it's, it's a function of which test you took and the types of questions they asked you on the test uh, of course i i did this on um i believe it was 16 personalities.com so it was you know one of the more popular popular ones mm-hmm. and, but i did you know i did uh cross-reference it with an, i did another uh mars similar you know mars briggs kind of test and it also came out as estj so i was like hmm that that's interesting <laughs> and um i don't know it it, it befuddles me to this day. Let's just leave it at that. Have you, I mean, there are each of the different types that have, at least in the Myers-Briggs, and they might, you might be able to find this um, on the internet very easily, but, you know, the MBTI, I mean, they have like, you know, each of the, they have a summary, bullet list summary of each of the different types. And I mean, you could take a look at that and, and look at the ESTJ and, and then look at the others and, and see what, because uh, see what what really resonates with you but again i mean i guess there's different there's different tools maybe there's there's you know slightly different slight differences in the questions and it it could be that even maybe that your current current life situation maybe is influencing it a little bit i don't know yes that 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 could possibly be the case right just because i am a lot more active socially uh, mm-hmm. you know especially during the past couple of years so that may have been a factor but also mm-hmm. you know ESTJ is also known as the executive uh, mm-hmm. that's what they uh, describe it as so I, I have you know gleaned a lot of uh, insight and in, you know in that and that I do identify with a lot of you know the the personality traits that come with being you know an executive or an ESTJ mm-hmm. so it may it may very well be accurate reflection mm-hmm. of course you know taking a Myers-Briggs test is uh it's a snapshot, right? It's not a video, right? Exactly. So, again, personality to me is is always a fluid thing, right? It always changes with time, with age, with you know level of experience and and things like that. Because if you know, if I if I took Myers Briggs when I was you know when I was younger, when I was in my elementary school, mm. I would probably be you know an INFP or an INFJ. To be honest with you, I I, I really believe so. But it's interesting. I'll give it that. It's uh, it's it's one test and it's uh. It's one, it's one way of uh, assessing a personality, but, you know, again, it's personality is a very complex thing, right? And there's a huge confluence of factors that can 
that can impact it. And of course, mm. it's influence. So, yeah. Again, and know, if, you've, if you've read of any of Dr. Joe Dispenza's work, and of course, there's a lot of others out there that said that you can rewire the brain. And as you're rewiring the brain, um, you know, he talks about um, how we get ourselves into a mood and a mood leads to an attitude. So we form this attitude and over time, it forms a temperament. And that temperament over time leads to a personality. <laughs> and oh, so right. it's, and it, 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 and that's how our personality evolves. And it could, there could be circumstances uh, over the course of your lifetime that have created uh, an evolution of things that have shifted for you. And, and, and maybe that's part of it as well. It, you know, just could be the, you know, circumstances and situations that you have come across and had to engage in and deal with in your life that has, has made you who you are today. And who knows what the future will bring as well. But, you know, they do also tend to say that your, you know, your preferences don't, change that much over time. I mean, they can, but it's really interesting. I had a friend um, who just recently said she went through the uh, Myers-Briggs assessment and she used to be an E and, and she's now shifted to the I. And, and I believe it because I, 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 I've known her for 30 some odd years and I can see 30 years ago where she was an E. And shift us thirty years into the, you know to now. I can see where she is more of an eye. So that's just based on my own experience that I've I've noticed the, the the shift in her that I think that that can occur in others as well. Right. Yeah. No. No. It, it makes uh, total sense. I I just think personality in itself as a just you know discipline of or sub discipline of psychology. I think that's it's very fascinating. Even when I when I when I took psychology in in school. That was it always fascinated me, right? Why some people are act or behave this way as opposed to you know some other way, and, and temperament is always something that uh, really has fascinated me. In you know it, you know especially since when I was younger, right? When I was very painfully shy and and socially anxious and and introverted <laughs> all at the same time, mm-hmm. right? I, you know I went in for you know psychological help actually psychological evaluation, and then you know I ended up. Uh, having some weekly sessions with a clinical psychologist. And mm-hmm. so with these sessions, they're very deceptively basic. So we only did ever did two things um, during these sessions. First of all, we just did small talk in the beginning. Right? Of every session, it was, hi, how was your day? Um, it was just an effort in an effort to get me to speak just because I didn't do a lot of talking back then. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I was, just didn't like to. Uh, when I was when I was uh, younger, and so that was helpful in that you know in that regard. Second thing that we did was we played board games, and mm-hmm. so you know my psychologist had a had a ton of board games actually in his office, <laughs> and you know he was uh, he's an older gentleman, so you know he had all the very classic board games like Life and you know traditional Monopoly and Sorry and Yahtzee and, and all these very very classic games, right? And so you know I would pick a different game every week essentially and then we would uh, play for a little bit and you know of course it was interactive but also it was in an effort to get me to talk as well throughout the playing playing process because no one plays games or board games on mute right so Mm. (laughs) and and so that you know that was another tactic and yeah and in you know even when when I stopped going to those sessions, I was always interested with you know temperament and and why am I you know kind of this way and why are some of the people uh, have a much easier time making friends 
right when 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 I was younger also because I didn't it was harder for me to make friends also when I was younger because you know of me not wanting to talk and I very very much cherished my alone time <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, back then and I just didn't open up to others right and that's the thing it was very hard right for me to be vulnerable and that's mm-hmm. that's the word I was looking for and to you know connect with others on 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 a deeper level and because I was very close guarded right mm-hmm. and, you know you know you imagine like you know, I was basically like a property with a 10 foot high fence around it with barbed wire. Right? Mm-hmm. So that was, that was kind of me. Right. And, and so, and even, you know, even, you know, after getting, you know, gradually improving and, and getting less shy and less shy and, and uh, opening, you know, myself up a bit more personality is still very fascinating. Right. And it's just really is an explanation for human behavior, really. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and why people behave in the way be, they behave. And I'm not sure where I'm going with this, but Anyways, personality psychology is very interesting. You should, uh, you should uh, <laughs> uh, go, you know, take a look into it. And uh, I think you will like it too. Definitely. And there probably were some things in your earlier childhood, sometimes, you know, and in influences of parents or people that we tend to, maybe that we were surrounded by, could have potentially influenced how your personality uh, evolved uh, in the in the early years, basically, and then just your later years experiences have uh, have shifted that. And I mean, just look at what you're doing now: running a podcast, <laughs> you know, writing a book, <laughs> you know, right. um, organizing events. Uh, you know, you do, you don't typically see shy, introverted people who you know maybe are very self conscious of their vulnerability put themselves out there. So, um, right, sure. you've definitely shifted that. <laughs> yes, that, that was a yeah, complete, uh, complete change, <laughs> you know, especially from, you know, my, my younger years. Actually, it's really fascinating because I consider my high school years to be that kind of transition zone mm-hmm. or high school, even a bit into my uh, undergraduate years as well, like kind of my transition zone from being someone who is just, is just starting to, you know, express myself more, you know, and, and to be that, you know, kind of more comfortable individual who is a lot easier to, you know, be friends with, um, mm-hmm. like that to, you know, of course that kind of nicely correlated to with my increased social media usage, actually. <laughs> it's, it's a really interesting correlation because, you know, when, when I first started high school, my only uh, social media account I had was Facebook. By the end of university, actually, <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I'm on basically the platforms that I am today, right? And and I'm very as active as you can be um, mm-hmm. on them. And that to me is an interesting trend. I don't know if it's you know in any way correlated with from intro, introversion to extroversion or or anything like that, but that's what I've observed in my lifetime. So. Mm. Well, that's uh, that's a good point to make. Yeah, especially it's just. I just got more comfortable sharing things, right, mm. with with other people, and and that and that same effect actually happened in person as well. Just, mm. I just had more, you know, deeper, fruitful, more fruitful conversations. Yeah, and I think that when you have the positive experiences to reinforce it, then it's easier to to share more and to open up uh, with your vulnerabilities. I think it's certainly harder for kids these days, um, particularly in this digital age, to open up because, you know, it's so easy for others to, you know, for other kids to criticize, you know, and it's not even, not even other kids, it's adults too, that, you know, 
happens in the adult world. We're seeing it today in all walks of life. Yes, that's right. And and that's really a shame because the first thing really isn't, you know, shouldn't really be to put people down for, you know, sharing whatever or for, you know, opening up. But, you know, in this day and age, unfortunately, that's one of the byproducts of, you know, ease of, you know, sharing things and uh, ease of contributing to the conversation. Or that's right. Things. That's right. Um, although I will give a pass if, if it's something that's really egregious, like, you know, if someone was openly being racist or anything like that, right? But <laughs> that's fine. But if it's just, you know, a difference of, a mere difference of opinion, then that's different. Right. So. Well, and, and that's true. And, you know, we don't have to abide by society's rules because those rules are really, in, in many respects, rules to kind of lead the masses. Let's put it that way. It's like you can't think for yourself. Um, you can't have your, you know, really form your own opinion because you're so worried about what other, others think and how what you do might might be interpreted. And and I think that that's the, uh, the fallacy today in, in our world is that the only one that knows what's best for us and what's good for us is us individually. And a lot of people today are seeking external validation and they're not finding what they really want because what they're what they're getting is what other people want or you know what other people or what they think other people want you know what i'm saying um, so i'm not sure exactly where i'm taking this conversation but it i think that it is in, important for all of us to take a stand on what has meaning and heart for us and and i think in some respects for introverts uh, because we we take more time to recharge we can access that, um, or we have the opportunity to really access that. But everyone has the opportunity to access really what has meaning in heart, what's important to us, uh, and and to follow our heart and to leverage that for our own decision making in life. Right, and yeah, there were a couple of things I wanted to say actually. Well, you know, first thing is that self censorship is a huge thing, of course, mm-hmm. you know, especially in this day and age, and. Uh, Mm. And, and not and of course yes i understand why it happens right and everyone practices self-censorship to a certain degree you know what's really interesting is that the the world wide web or the internet was created to be a bastion of free speech basically mm. right where you can you know that was that was the original intention that you can say things or or you know anything you want essentially that was originally what it was designed for but you know nowadays it's you know of course there's you can't really do that <laughs> let's just put that lightly and the second thing was and i forgot the second thing <laughs> and um yes so this is what happens when you know our attention spans are you get really low because of distractions that you're more prone to forget things Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, like I just experienced, but um, and you know, in any case, uh, oh yes, now I remember. See now, mm-hmm. now I remember. It's the uh, second thing is critical thinking is you know also needs to be em- emphasized, right? Because you, you mentioned that there is a ten- tendency to do a lot of groupthink, actually, and especially with the increasing polarization of the internet. Mm-hmm. Critical thinking is more crucial than ever before, right? Being able to, you know, think for yourself, take a stance on on, on things, right? Without you exactly. know, appeal, appealing to the masses, appealing to higher authority or whatever, you know, and, you know, you probably state that this is what I think and not because of mm-hmm. what other people ought think that I should think or anything like that. Of course, you can be influenced by other you know authority figures or the types of communities you hang out in. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you need to have a good reason why you believe in certain things, right? You can't just say, oh, because I belong to you know this group or that group. 
That's right. Um, because oh, so and so said so, right? Mm-hmm. It has to be. It has to come with from within, and you better have a very good reason, right? Why why you think so? And I think that that from within, if uh, if people were to really focus more from coming from a from from their heart, a heart centered place, when in, engaging in anything. Um, and asking yourself, is this true? Is it true for me? And anything that, any engagement with someone, you know, are you being kind and are you coming from the heart? And I think if we were to do more of that, it doesn't mean that we have to sugarcoat things, but I think that there are, there is a natural way of coming from a place of, of love, despite the fact that we have differences. If we come from a place of love, we can truly find more humane. And it's not really humane. It's not really, but more better ways to interact. Let's just put it that way. Right. And especially in the arena of, you know, if you have two individuals who disagree on something, there are different, very much more tactful ways mm-hmm. of going of agreeing to disagreeing, right? Rather than um, resorting to ad hominem attacks or, or any of the, you know, nasty stuff, right? So, mm-hmm. exactly. Well, um, thank you so much for, <laughs> for uh, coming on to the podcast. Actually, it's been a pleasure and we've talked for quite a while now. So, you know, that, that's like, that's the sort of thing, like, you know, when you have a deep conversation, you can go on and if you don't, you know, cap it at some point, you, can, you know, conversation can go on for a very long time. <laughs> yes. It's easy to do that, especially when you're engaged in the conversation. I think we've, we've covered a lot of ground and it's been quite fascinating and I've just, I've so enjoyed it. And I just want to thank you for having me on your show. No worries. And, you know, as a, you know, kind of a last thing for our listeners here. Um, how can people find you or follow you, connect with you? And is there anything that you'd like to promote? Well, I, um, um, yes, um, actually, um, they can find me at uh, on my digital site, Hearts Rise Up, and that's H-E-A-R-T-S-R-I-S-E-U-P dot com, heartsriseup.com. And I do have a free gift, um, which is a guided meditation that uh, has original all original music in uh, in the background and specifically designed to help uh, a person access their um, intuitive uh, their inner wisdom and also along with that guided meditation is a 21 day uh, journal exercise to help develop your uh, capacity to access your your inner wisdom and i can provide you a link for, for people to easily access that download, and it is free. And uh, I, I must say, I think it's a, one of my best meditations that I've done. And um, I am on Facebook, um, and I can provide you the link for that, for Hearts Rise Up, and I'm on LinkedIn, and I can provide you the link for that, as well as any other social media that I'm on right now. But it might be easier just for me to provide you the links for those. That'll be in the show, your show notes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Great. Thank you once again, and we'll, uh, we'll catch up soon. Okay, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Digital Introverts Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing and leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at D-I-G-I-I-N-T-R-O-S-H-O-W. And you can follow me on all social platforms at G-O-D-W-I-N-H-S-C-H-A-N. I appreciate everyone who listens to the show, and let's change the world quietly.